0: This is the Ridiculous Border Gawaska podcast. I'm Bharat Sundaresan, and with me, as always, is Dan Liebke. Hello. Hello, hello, Dan. And we are, of course, covering the historical Border Gawaska series. I mean, there have been a few historical ones. (laughs) But uh, the the one in particular, which we have touched upon already, the 2017, the bad blood. Yes. It could have easily been a WWE pay-per-view in itself (laughs) to find out which nation is the more ridiculous at cricket, India or Australia. And Dan... uh, We've already seen um, two Two Faces of Fear matches, uh, the one in Pune and in Bangalore. Are you ready for the third?
1: I am indeed, yes. So so the way this uh, this podcast works, each series we go through each test one by one. We highlight the ridiculous moments uh, from each side. And then uh, at the end of that, we, we choose the most ridiculous moment uh, from the test. That gets three points. The second most ridiculous gets two points. And you'll never believe this, but the third most ridiculous gets one point. Mm-hmm. And the team with the most ridiculous points wins that test match. And uh, we, we, we don't get too bogged down in the details of ridiculous. It's it's basically, you know, you, you know it when you see it. It could be ridiculously good. It could be ridiculously bad. It could just be plain old ridiculous. And, of, and of course, I nominate uh, Australia's ridiculous moments and Barrett nominates India's. So uh, just to recap what happened in the, in the previous test, uh, that one also ended in a draw. We've had two oh. draws so far in the series. Uh, uh, the second test was uh, Steve Smith earned three points for his infamous brain fade, uh, but that was countered by India. They claimed the two and one points for Kohli's comical pair of dismissals and then Ishan Sharma's meme-worthy <laughs> mockery of Steve Smith. So uh, what, what happened in the third test, Barat?
0: Well, uh, what happened in the third test was uh, a lot of drama about the pitch, as always, I think more drama than uh, even the previous two test matches. Uh, but then Australia uh, realised on day one that... Uh, uh, there was there were no demons on the pitch in in ranchi it was also ranchi's first ever uh test match so uh you know there was a lot of intrigue about what it would be like uh, where, uh, and basically the intrigue was about when ms Dhoni would show up at the ground but we, <laughs> which he did and which we will talk about but yeah, australia back first they win the toss steve smith wins the toss and they they pile it on steve smith gets uh another century 178 not out uh but i think the story of the innings is glenn maxwell's first ever test century only test centuries he's scored so far. So far, uh, yes. Yeah, and it was also I think his first test in, in four years, if I'm not mistaken. Or yep. maybe, yeah, it was. Since, it? It's,
1: uh, since the previous tour of India, had he had any in between that? I don't think um, he had. No, nah, did he play in the UAE in
0: 2014? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe not. Like, yeah, but he comes in and makes his 100. So Australia uh, are sitting pretty, 451. Uh, you know, the series is one all. They are still, still like beating themselves up for having lost in Bangalore, uh, a game that they should. One. uh Ravindra Jareja gets five wickets. Sashwin just gets one wicket. Uh, and then India bat and they get a very <laughs> solid start. Rahul and Murli Vijay uh, uh, put on their uh, first ever 50 partnership, which was strange at that point. Uh, and, and then it's the Cheteshwar Pujara show. I mean, On a pitch which it, which uh, you see is not very easy to score on. Uh, he bats and bats and bats and bats <laughs> and bats um, and bats. Uh, but wickets keep falling. This is the famous return of Pat Cummins to test cricket. Yep. He finally finally gets to play his second test match and he kind of runs through the Indian batting lineup, gets rid of Rahul and then uh, Virat falls cheaply again and Rahane falls cheaply as well. And at one point, Australia seemed to be in a very, very good position to get a big lead and then enter Ridiman Saha, yep. uh, who uh, pairs up with uh, Cheteshwar Pujara and they take the game Completely away, or so you thought, from uh, from Australia. They take India to 603 for nine declared, basically leaving Australia with uh, just a, a day and a session to bat out to save save the test. Um, Australia don't start very well; they lose w- wickets, and once Steve Smith and Matt Renshaw are dismissed in the first half hour on day five, you think it's it's all over. And then Sean Marsh and Peter Hanscom combined to outdo Pujara at what Pujara <laughs> does best. And uh, again, bad and bad and bad and bad for uh, nearly. Uh, nearly sixty plus overs and uh saved the day for Australia in a famous draw. Yep. Uh in what would be the first of many famous draws these two teams would play out against each other, leaving the series one all and tantalizingly plays going into the last one in Dharamshala.
1: Yes very, very exciting very exciting test. Very exciting series. Like I, I can still remember the end of end of this test. Like, oh my God, they either either side could still win this, which yeah. seemed impossible, you know, at the beginning of the series. You thought by this stage India would be three nil up easily. I, at the very least 2-0 up. But, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean uh, I mean in a way going into uh, like I said Australia it sh- should have backed themselves to win in Bangalore. They had so many opportunities to do that. Uh and uh, the way Smith was batting and Maxwell you know was kind of showing that uh, test cricket could uh, he could make test cricket his own. Uh you thought that like, Australia could get into a, a big position where they could even take a 3-0 lead going into the yeah. fourth test. So it it um, that's why it's one of the more underrated like cricketing series everybody talks about the drama that happened on and off the field with the whole controversy spiling on but um i think just from a cricketing sense it was a it was a great series
1: yeah all right so do you want to do the first nomination
0: well, I will. I will. I mean, uh, uh, like with everything else to do with this series, and I think this man is featured mainly in all our <laughs> nomination. it feels like, uh, it had to do with uh, Virat Kohli. Of course so, it does. Of course it does, right? Like when it's uh, India versus Australia, Virat Kohli will be part of everything, good, bad, ugly, ridiculous. Yep. And um, so it has nothing to do with his batting, which, <laughs> I mean, his numbers were ugly. Uh, he averaged, what, nine at the end of uh, that first innings, where, or, or after this test match, he averaged nine in the series where Pat Cummins stayed. Him out, but before all that, on day one, Virat Kohli does what Virat Kohli does, which is chase the ball like his life yes. and everybody else's life depends on it as well. Like, he's he he often, like, uh, when uh, there are a few guys when they chase the ball, Virat Kohli and Manas Labushen, uh, another one, uh, they almost transform into uh, uh Keanu Reeves from Speed, told it. Where it's almost like if they don't save the ball, everybody dies. Yes, that's the intensity, that's the yeah. and they get that look on their faces. Yeah, right? there's
1: no slowing down,
0: there's no slowing down, at least. Manus kind of turns around to see where the batters are. Virat Kohli is just full on, and David Warner could also be uh, another nominee for uh, Keanu Reeves, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, so Virat Kohli chases this ball down, tries to it puts in the dive. But as he uh, gets up, he immediately clutches his his left arm, if I'm not mistaken, which uh, and immediate and soon after you realize that he has done some serious damage to it because the physio runs out, Patrick Fahad, who was with the Indian team, um, and there was some controversy with Patrick Fahad as well, you'll remember during that series, there were some allegations that um, every time he ran out, some of the Aussies were you uh, know chirping at him. I mean, imagine it was the kind of series where the physio who was Australian, <laughs> but play, uh, but working for the Indian team, was being sledged by the Australian players on the field. That like, sounds about that, right. Yeah, exactly. That sums up the series. Uh, but yeah, so he injures his shoulder and um, he goes off and he's seen, or, I mean, the camera follows Virat Kohli anyway, at least it used to back then when he was captain. Uh, and the camera keeps, uh, you know, catching glimpses Of Virat Kohli on the on the balcony uh, with the big that that really ugly ice thing that Mm -hmm. they put on their shoulder or on their knee right like the ice pack which does not look good at all doesn't do. Add anything to the aesthetics of a cricketer or anyone (laughs) wearing it. Um, So that I mean, at this point, you'd think, "Why are we focusing so much on a on a shoulder injury? It's just an injury. What is ridiculous about it? What is ridiculous is what (laughs) happens next when Australia are on the field and Virat Kohli uh, braves the injury and walks out to bat in his normal position. And uh, at one point, Glenn Maxwell chases a ball down. And and you need to know a little bit about their history here, right, Dan? I mean, they they've always they've known each other from their junior cricket days. Yes, and a year. Year or so after this, uh, Glenn Maxwell would do this famous interview of Virat Kohli uh, for, I think it was for cricket.com.au or maybe for one of his own social media channels, uh, where it, it's, you know, the, you could yeah, I mean, you at times you almost feel like, uh, are they even married to the right people? like you know, <laughs> These two should get together because there's so much love and yeah. genuine admiration and of course, a few, a couple of years after that, they would end up playing for the same IPL franchise. Yes. but Back here, maybe... I don't know. Maybe Glenn Maxwell was just being Glenn Maxwell and was being cheeky. So as he as he recovers from uh, having chased the ball down, he just mockingly clutches his his left shoulder the same one that Virat Kohli had injured, while Virat Kohli is batting out there in the middle. So that obviously pisses off everyone. The commentators, Vivian yes. gets stuck into it, him and everyone else gets... But the even more ridiculous thing happens when <laughs> Virat Kohli gets out. He chases <laughs> a wide one from Pat Cummins. Yeah,
1: this is my favourite. This is brilliant. yeah.
0: And, and Steve Smith takes the the uh, a a very fine catch because the ball's flying so fast that it knocks him off his feet almost takes him uh, with it that's how uh, quickly the Pat Cummins is bowling and that's how quickly the ball comes at Steve Smith uh, and he takes the catch which is fine nothing wrong with the catch no controversy with the catch but then um, a, an image uh, emerges soon after where it looks like Steve Smith has taken the catch and he's clutching his left shoulder just like <laughs> Maxwell was and uh, uh, you know. There's these murmurs, and not only was Maxwell uh, rubbing it in, but this was like taking taken to the next level by Steve Smith, the captain like, at the time. Yes, the, the captain at the time, and yeah. considering that both Virat and Steve Smith had spoken about how they wanted to move on, uh, but never sounding like they meant it yes. you know, <laughs> before the match started, um, it just adds to adds way more fuel to the uh, to the fire, and um, you think there are going to be diplomatic issues still till it comes (laughs) out that it wasn't Steve Smith's hand uh, on the freeze frame over his left shoulder because uh, his right hand is still clutching the ball. And when you when you actually look into it further it also you also realize that it's a pretty big hand <laughs> it 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 almost reminded me uh at that time and once again, Dan of that famous or infamous Seinfeld episode where he's uh he's dating this very beautiful woman who has man hands yes the man hands yes <laughs> yeah and if you look at that picture over and over again, it looks like it is Steve Smith's face but uh, well, it's not Steve Smith's hands it's clearly not <laughs> Steve Smith's hands if those were Steve Smith's hands, I would be a little wary of him so I mean I couldn't go past this as my first nomination uh, from this ridiculous test match.
1: Yeah, because it turned out it was uh, Peter Hanscom's hands, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, the, absolutely. the hands of Hanscom. Hands of Hanscom. Like, yeah, I mean, Peter Hanscom would play a bigger role in uh, how this test match would shape up later on, but yeah, I mean, um, his hand created quite a controversy uh, without intending to. And, yes. uh, you know. But I think it also kind of goes back to the drama before the match began and the press conferences. I remember there was a lot of uh, you know how is it going to play out and some some i pulled out a few quotes uh maybe i'll use one here and i'll use the others later okay. in, for my other nomination but uh you know like i remember i called it the bad blood uh pay-per-view the series and yeah bad blood was a, a term used by virat Kohli. he spoke about there's a lot of cricket to be played and it shouldn't happen in bad blood mm-hmm. i think both teams have moved on and then he started getting very very philosophical almost MS dhoni-esque <laughs> as he starts talking about you move on when you get attached to it if you you don't get attached to it you don't move on i'm not attached to things so this was a build very profound to, very very profound this was the yeah. build-up to um uh, i don't know what like wrong hand on shoulder gate i guess we can call it
1: yeah i i, I just love uh the idea that just an optical illusion caused so yeah. much anger it was it was like literally nothing and it, it got uh people riled up for a time it was, it was almost a well it wasn't, wasn't quite a shame because it was such a such a ridiculous uh way for it to end but it was it was it's kind of funny how people were, were so upset about it, and oh, then it yeah. just turned out to be absolutely, like literally nothing. Like, literally <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, very good, very good. All right. Well, my first nomination, and I think this is for anybody who knows me. This is pretty predictable, but yep. I nominate Glenn Maxwell's uh, test century. His first test century. I, I have faith that it won't well, be his only test century. So what what happened here was uh, Mitch Marsh was injured, which basically opened the door for, for Maxwell to rejoin the Australian test team. And, of course, when when a door is open for Glenn Maxwell, uh, Maxwell will just leap through the window and, huh. and claim the, the vacant number six spot. <laughs> and, and, and kind of the amazing thing about this was that five months earlier, so, you know, Earlier in the Australian summer, sure. I, I remember going to watch Glenn Maxwell play Premier Cricket in Melbourne because Victoria weren't selecting him. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, this was there was all kinds of personal uh, issues going on there. I don't really understand what they all were, but the the fact that you know within five months he was back in the Australian Test team, as you mentioned, after essentially four years, it was was magnificent. And and going on to score a century just by itself, that's uh, that's that's kind of ridiculously good. What makes it even better is that early on the second day, Glenn <laughs> Maxwell's batting and he breaks his bat in half. And uh, despite having half a cricket bat, he still goes on to score a century. He's uh, his, his first test century. I mean, technically he did replace the bat, but I, 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 like, I like the idea that uh, yeah, with yeah, a broken just... <laughs> bat, Glenn Maxwell still
0: scores a century. Oh, uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, just about the uh, breaking of the bat incident, And so they call Umesh Shadav a uh, strong man yep. uh, in the Indian cap and also Shadav. Uh, Strongy, which I'm not a big fan of, but well, uh, you know, you, he does break uh, Glenn Maxwell's bat and then points at his bicep leg, like so, <laughs> which I think is a, it's, it's a cute, sweet moment in the middle of all the, uh, you know, all the angst between the two teams. Uh, uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, it was a, it, it was a proper Test innings as well, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, um, I was there in Gaul in, uh, last year when uh, Glenn Maxwell was convinced, and we uh, were as well that he would get to make his return to Test cricket again. Mm in that second test and I saw how disappointed he was when he on the morning of the test when you know he was walking towards the net and you could see on his face he wasn't going to play Australia yeah. wasn't going to bring him back but you know that much, that's how much Test cricket uh, means to him still and I was there when in Colombo when he learned that he was coming back to Test cricket and uh, Louis Cameron who does wonderful work for cricket.com.au and also played first class cricket for Victoria uh, we were there we were the only journalists at that point and he came up to us and I remember the team only was so I mean, was just genuine he was overjoyed <laughs> with the idea of coming back to test cricket His baggy green had been famously uh, destroyed and um, you know he was showing us pictures of it but uh, I can imagine what it must have felt like for Glenn Maxwell at that point maybe he would have thought that this is it this is the start of a glorious test career unfortunately it hasn't to be yes. so far but for your sake and for uh, I'm, I'm, I've become a big Maxwell fan as well over the years uh, and I hope there is another another go I mean it, he, he should have been on this tour of India but we all know what happened, but yes. uh, it's not over yet. Yes. So,
1: just just a couple a couple more things, just to round out the details of this century. So, when he was on 99, Glenn yeah, Maxwell yeah. batted out a maiden, which seems impossible to imagine, but but he did it. Uh, and he, uh, when he did score the century after batting out that maiden, he became the second Australian to bring up the the triple of T20 ODI and Test centuries after after Shane Watson. Uh, so that that's a, a nice club to be in. I think uh, David Warner's has joined them since. Uh, it was also the First time he'd ever faced one hundred balls in an international innings, which is uh, kind of a neat stat. <laughs> and of course, with all this nonsense going on, uh, that the term Maxwell ball uh, yeah. actually trended on Twitter in in, in Melbourne, anyway. But it it, uh, it, it it was it was very popular there. So yeah, pure Maxwell ball. Had to nominate him. Ridiculous oh. play, Maxwell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't realize this was the birth of uh, Maxwell ball. Was it the? Was I, was, it I
1: was at the birth. I, th- I think I think we had been using the, the term for a while before that. Oh, but, right. uh, but 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 uh, th- this was one of the few. Times times it trended I think
0: right 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 no I mean yeah sensational and he almost set up a famous uh test win as well for for Australia with uh with that knock and uh and I remember that innings very very vividly like you said I mean apart from playing out the maiden on 99 <laughs> as well it wasn't your manic Glenn Maxwell in yes. the kind of innings you expect from him yeah. uh but it was a proper first class innings and yeah I mean the drama as well you spoke about this is the whole era of like he wasn't happy with uh Matthew Wade <laughs> Like, you know, his batting position and Darren Lehman had come out and said some stuff about Len Maxwell. And there was a lot happening behind the scene. No wonder it meant uh, so much to him. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So my second nomination is one of the more bizarre moments I've seen <laughs> in cricket where... Uh, a wicketkeeper and a batter are lying <laughs> down next to each other, like they are in in, in a in a sauna somewhere. And uh, yeah, very much in love as well. Uh, and just you know, just just looking over this wonderful terrain, maybe at the sun setting. Uh, instead, <laughs> we were in the middle of a heated battle when Steve Smith was, uh, you know, well on his way to his uh, big century, second century of the series. And uh, uh, what happens is the ball gets uh, a ball from from Jadeja gets. Uh, lodged in between his legs but now Ridhiman saha the wicketkeeper is convinced that the uh, that the that's taken some part of the bat or a glove before it's lodged in his pads and he wants to make sure that before the ball hits ground He's in a position to grab the ball, right? <laughs> so he kind of places, uh, and, and you have to see the video, if you just, uh, uh, I mean, of course, this is a podcast, but... We'll, uh, we'll put
1: it in the show links.
0: You ha- you just have to, because if you just listen to what I'm going to say from this point on, you might think we're talking about the wrong uh, wrong sport, or maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking about a video that uh, you will find on Hub or one of those other sites. <laughs> <laughs> because Saha kind of sticks his hand in between Steve Smith's legs, yeah. <laughs> waiting for the ball to drop not I mean the ball the cricket right? ball the cricket ball to drop yes. but um, Steve Smith doesn't want that to happen because Steve Smith is obviously I mean as any batter would be and then plus it's Steve Smith is in shock with what's happening like why does the wicket keepers why are the wicket keep, A maybe he was also insulted that he was wearing gloves while doing it but like you know he's also why are the wicket keepers gloves like kind of lodged in between my legs and, and then he kind of quickly realizes what's happening so he's kind of tightening the grip um, uh, with his thighs or with his legs on the ball And in this melee, like, um, he falls to the ground and so does Riddhiman Saha, but this is where Riddhiman Saha's grit has to be lauded because he doesn't let go. He's still (laughs) in position. And to his credit, he does manage to get hold of the ball before it hits the ground. And that leads to this incredible, incredible scene or the image that I just described at the start with uh, Riddhiman Saha and Steve Smith just lying side by side. And and the, the best thing is neither of them, it's not like one of those ha ha moments. I mean, the ha-ha-ha starts a few seconds later. Uh, they both look like this is not the first time they've been in that position, <laughs> if that makes sense. And and it is a very, very unlikely pair, right? I mean, if, if, if the series was a sitcom and it met many levels, Dan, it felt like a sitcom. Yeah. Nobody would have predicted Steve Smith and Riddhiman Saha. No, getting that, together. That, that's
1: the big plot twist, right?
0: It is. I mean, it's one of those uh, um, the two most like disconnected people in that sense, like you know, from a romantic sense, coming together. I mean, you would have been like, oh, that would have been a show stealer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, suddenly a sitcom would have turned into this uh, into a thriller of sorts because yeah. it, it, it would have shocked people. But that's what it looked like. And uh, for me, the most ridiculous part, honestly, well, then you see Ian Gould like just breaking out into laughter. <laughs> and everyone else. But Steve Smith and Ritman Saha do not, right? Like, you know, they... Like, they're having a moment. So <laughs> it is one of the, like, again, like, you know, like with Omish Yadav breaking the bad thing. In a series with so much um, negativity between two teams, um, there were some of these really comical moments. We spoke about Ishan Sharma last week. But this this was right up there for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, the, the, I mean, there are a few things that are that are great about this. The, the fact that it's a dead ball. I don't, I'm not sure either of them remembered or knew that it was. I think they, they seem to think it was like a, a catching opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing I like is, the, as you mentioned, the, uh, Steve Smith trying to to run away, kind of with the... the yeah. you know, to dislodge the ball as he did so. It, it was uh, kind of reminiscent of how uh, Matt Renshaw was running to the de- dressing room in the first <laughs> test. It was, of uh, course, it was yeah. all, all very similar. So that, that's a fantastic nomination. That's a, that's a very funny video. Uh, so my next nomination is... Uh, speaking of Steve Smith uh basically just Steve Smith scoring yet another century this is this is pretty much peak Steve Smith at this point yeah. this is when he's you know he's in Bradman mode essentially. he's, he's averaging a hundred you know every time he bats for Brad about this you know uh, one or two year period uh peak runner form uh in this test he scores 178 not out uh it's the highest score by an Australian captain in India the third highest overall score by any Australian in India. Uh, In the process, he passed 5,000 runs in tests. Uh, He became the third fastest and youngest Australian batter to do so. So it's basically just Steve Smith being, you know, Completely, ridiculously good form. And, and one of the things I love best about this era, because it wasn't just Steve Smith kind of in peak form in this era. This is one of my favorite eras for the for the entire Fab Four because right. pretty much every few months, one of them, so yeah. in, in this example, like Steve Smith, would go on this incredible run of just like century after century and you'd go, oh, right, of the four of them, Steve Smith is definitely the best. And then like a few months later, Coley would go full Coley and uh-huh. you go, Oh no, wait a second, Coley's the one. Coley's <laughs> the best. And then there'd be a few months later and you'd look at Williamson being, you know, kind of sublime and undismissible, and you go, No, no, maybe it's Williamson who's secretly the best. And then it'd be Joe Rude, then back to Steve Smith and 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 you just keep going through them. It was, it was so much fun. They're all obviously great batters. And every they're just kind of taking in turns to, to step up and go, No, I'm not just great, I'm really, really great. And it was, uh yeah, a recency bias set. Central I call it where you yeah. just look at them and go Ah oh, no you're the best and then it's like Oh no wait a sec Yeah so really great fun this and this was this was peak Steve Smith I I think basically based on this series batting. For for just this this uh, streak of batting, you'd go well. Surely no one's ever batted better than this. This is this is impossible to beat.
0: Oh, I mean, he was just sublime. Uh, and, and unlike the the Puna innings we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks back, where uh, you know he was dropped a few a few times, quite a few times. Uh, and but still, like it was still a magical innings on that pitch. Yeah. Uh, this was just, I mean, Steve Smith putting on a masterclass of uh, how to bat on a on a on a flattish subcontinental pitch uh, where. Uh, he he kind of you know sought any any demons or the few balls which misbehaved here and there, but uh, he barely looked like he was he was going to get out here. Mm. And he could have uh, if if not for uh, you know wickets falling at the other end. It was similar to the century made in Gaul like in, the, in that second test which I brought up some time back, where you thought he was well set to make a big score, maybe well over two hundred, maybe more if he had a little more support to a, a, from the tail. So uh, yeah, I mean he this was Steve Smith at his absolute peak and no surprises that uh, so many times post that Dan he's spoken about wanting to bat like how he was especially yeah. when it comes to subcontinent I, yeah. I interviewed him in Sri Lanka and he said the same thing he said that like, the way he batted against Jadeja in particular is he, he, it's a blueprint that he wants to carry so um, yeah I mean this this was Steve Smith at his absolute best yeah fantastic yeah so my final nomination well <laughs> we've spoken about pitches a few times on the series but uh, during the series but uh, the thing was and we've spoken about pitch doctoring right or alleged pitch doctoring (laughs) but how about the fact that we had an actual pitch doctor in charge of the pitch um here in Ranchi? the first ever test match right and uh, curator sb singh uh at that point by now i'm sure he's finished it um was doing a doctorate a phd on cricket pitches so fantastic imagine that so you had an actual pitch doctor (laughs) in charge of the pitch in the middle of this great crazy series where the pitch was looked at with uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, suspicion, lots of conspiracy theories. It was, uh, I mean, the, the like the closest we've seen a, to a Cold War situation in terms of cricket pitches, right? Where everyone thought there was some drama going on. And unfortunately for the doctor, the good doctor saying <laughs> he added to it by saying something uh, rather flippantly or innocently, you could look at it in either way. But for me, the, my favorite quote is, and this is actually one of my uh, former colleagues at the Indian Express who interviewed him and uh, yeah and that's where he basically the, the controversy was he just said that I have three pitches ready and the day before the test Virat, uh, uh, he said the team will decide which pitch they want to play on <laughs> so the moment he says that that's yeah. when Australians think oh so Virat Kohli gets to decide which pitch the test match will be played on which is unfair and then of course he backs down as be saying on his uh, comment and says no no I do not mean the Indian team but I mean the ICC team yeah. <laughs> it's you're like really now Mr. Singh <laughs> but, uh, but no. I mean, uh, also uh, going back to that interview he did with uh, Sandeep, my my ex colleague, uh, he says uh, when he asks when he's asked about why there are three pitches, he says, well, uh, uh, the Australians have already had a look at it, and uh, they, in their opinion, one pitch looks like an Australian pitch, the other pitch looks like an English pitch, and the third one looks like a Pune pitch. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> this was the level of um, paranoia about these surfaces uh, that the Australians had carried, like after the the puna drama that they they just felt that everyone was out to get them right yeah, everything yeah. was going against and
1: them and once that kind of paranoia sets in it's almost impossible to see anything as innocent Every, everything seems like you know some kind of conspiracy against you right
0: uh, exactly absolutely especially when you're far away from home and yeah. when, when it's something like a like a tricky, if it's a tactic or a strategy that a team is using fine but if it's a pitch which you have no control over nor do you have a, a genuine knowledge of. Um, uh, like, and, and at this point, also remember, S.B. Singh had not finished his doctorate. Like, now maybe people could go back and, like, you know, read his... Uh uh whatever they call it what do they call it like a thesis thesis, right like the thesis that they submit uh, a dissertation and read and understand more about pitches but back then he was still pursuing his phd so (laughs) it wasn't out there for public viewing so nobody really knew what this was going to play like and it was also the first ever ever test match there so it was was an interesting series because three of the four venues had never hosted test cricket before this australia were like guinea pigs in that sense (laughs) so we saw Pune, ranchi and daramsala uh which which When you think about it now, it's kind of strange because this is Australia, high-profile season. Yeah. Ideally, you would have expected them to play in all the big centers, but it wasn't to be because it was, as we discussed in our first episode, it was the back end of a mighty, mighty test season for India where they played three against New Zealand, five against England, and one against Bangladesh. So all the major venues had been ticked off. Yeah, right. So it was literally just Bangalore left, uh, and that's where Australia played that one test. And then these three newbies uh but, uh but but yeah i mean he he was kind of uh you know uh he he left himself out to bear because of the comment right two days before the match the team will choose why would you use, say team and uh and then to add to it and this kind of uh leads back to what i was saying MS Dhoni's appearance at the, at the ground it wouldn't, I mean, yes, it was an exciting moment, like, you know, the, the he's from Ranchi, the stadium, a lot of people believe and also based on that book that someone wrote about him a few years ago <laughs> called The Dhoni Touch, yeah. that the stadium would have never, I mean, he really put Ranchi on the map, and the stadium would have never come up if not for him, or it wouldn't have become an international venue, so his arrival was much uh, uh, you know, uh, hyped up, hmm. but also what SB Singh had said, that back when Dhoni was playing, he said that, and it's a wonderful venue, I've been there, uh, he would Apparently, show up to play snooker and just work out at the gym, which was kind of constructed <laughs> for Dhoni, if that makes sense. So that's how India works. Yeah. And uh, every time um, S. B. Singh would say Dhoni would come there to play snooker, it was looked at as a sign that he was kind of uh, aiding in the doctoring of the pitch, or he was <laughs> basically telling them what um, you know uh, what 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 was to happen, like you know, with the pitch. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, but he also uh, the, his last comment in that interview was uh, the, from the pitch doctor was uh, yeah i mean the cracks though will resemble the ones that you see at the waka so he was really messing <laughs> with the australian's mind even if um, yeah a- a- and also i mean you are the uh, you are the soil expert between the two of us dan so you have to tell me what this means he God. said but the the All pitch right. would crumble for it as a high volume of the mineral uh, Kalo Kelo- Knight? K A O Kalo Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That, that that always makes pitches crumble.
0: Ah, there you go. <laughs> I have no idea. So, well, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have an actual pitch doctor working yep. on a pitch.
1: Well, 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 a pitch intern, right? He's not quite a doctor yet.
0: Yes. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: right, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's very good. I, I I do like the fact. A, a, a pitch doctor in training. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, my my final nomination, the final nomination for this test, is, as you alluded to earlier, the, the return of Pat Cummins uh, Who we you know, hadn't seen since his quite incredible debut back as a, a teenager he, uh, Which was like six years prior to this test So he'd, he'd come in that test, just this you know, young kid Really didn't know what to expect of him He was player of the match in that test As much for his batting as for his bowling he, he, you know Australia were chasing a, a relatively uh, tricky turtle in the fourth innings Uh, And he came in with, you know, just a a few wickets left and just safely guided Australia to the last, you know, 20 or so runs needed to win the test. So... A, a fantastic prospect for Australia. And then after that first test, which had everyone in Australia very excited about this this young kid, he was injured every single year. It was kind of a, a, a ritual at the beginning of the Sheffield Shield summer. You'd say, oh, Pat Cummins is out with stress fractures again. Pat oh, Cummins, yeah. more more back injuries for Pat Cummins. He's out for another season. It was just over and over and over again. It was, it was, it was kind of sad. It was... It was Funny in a sad kind of way, the fact that this this poor kid just couldn't couldn't yeah. couldn't get back on the field just despite this incredible debut test. Uh, and since then, it uh, it he, finally got you know he'd grown up a bit, his back had got a bit stronger. And he had been eased back into the Australian uh, setup via limited overs matches. So he was part of uh, their two two thousand and fifteen World Cup winning squad. He didn't actually play in the final, uh, but he was, you know, he was he was part of that squad. He'd been eased back in four overs here, ten overs there. It was it was all all right. Maybe he's okay. But every everyone watching was still like, oh god, Pat, please don't break again. <laughs> um, and you know that that was the big fear of him returning to test cricket because he he was summoned over. Uh, I think Mitchell Stark was injured, and he, he came yeah. over to replace Stark. Yeah. Uh, and but it was still like, oh my god, we're going to throw Pat Cummins into a test match in India on these pitches. It's like, oh, this this can't be a good idea. Uh, it he, will be break down. You know, fifteen overs in, and that'll be the end of him. Uh, but instead, he did okay. He bowled thirty-nine overs in that India innings, and he, as he mentioned, he took four wickets. He was easily the best of the Australia bowlers, as if he hadn't missed those six years at all. So, uh, yeah, just kind of this ridiculous, amazing comeback from him. Uh, what whatever happened to Pat Cummins, anyway?
0: Yeah, I wonder what <laughs> happened to him after this test match. Yeah, uh, you yeah, haven't heard much about him. <laughs> I mean, <it's>, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe he became a T Twenty rebel. And, mm. uh, I mean, it's amazing when you think of it, right? Dan? like, where um, where he is now? I mean, he's returning to India or his returned to India as 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 the test captain. Yes, like, uh, and like, who would have thought? Like back then, right? Like, it was more about can he play another test match? This is his second test match in after what six years? Like yeah. you said since that debut and you just wanted to see him play test cricket and he, he not only bowled 39 overs he was quick he yeah. was properly he was the big difference maker like I said he knocked over quite a few wickets gets rid of Virat Kohli uh smashes Ridiman Saha in, in in the in the ribs um and he's just he's the one bowler who's threatening at all times and uh yeah I mean what better way to signal your uh, return and also like not just in terms of his bowling but in terms of his fitness then bowling 39 overs in uh some very unforgiving conditions uh far far away in 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 ranchi um and it wasn't the australian pitch that they chose eventually was it like what yeah, the pitch doctor no. said? No. <laughs> so it was dry and slow and uh no i was just sensational uh sensational to see pat cummins back uh, uh, and, but-
1: and, the, and the great thing too is like pretty much since like i can't remember having him having any major injury like Maybe the, the odd niggle here and there that causes him to miss a the test, the, the occasional close contact COVID issue. But apart from that, he's been fit for a surprisingly long time. And I just had in my mind... You know, all those years, it's like this. This he's going to be like Bruce Reed basically. You'll bowl a few yeah. tests, you'll break down. He's Ryan Harris, break down. You won't see him for a year. He'll come back, but no, he's been fit and strong, and you know, obviously now the best bowler in the world, or best Test bowler, uh, number one Test bowler, and yep. you know, the Australian captain.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a remarkable journey uh, for Pat Cummins uh, since 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 that return, or even even prior to that. Um, and, and and to think of what like you know, you think of this great era of Australian cricket this current one and I always talk about how 2011 was such a big year right if you think about it I mean just I mean Steve Smith debuts in uh, Mm. the middle of 2010 but everyone else Warner, Lyon, Usman Khawaja, Stark, Cummins I mean James Pattinson technically also debuted in the same year Um, and then what 27 more Australians have uh, win their baggy green between the time Pat Cummins plays that first test and he plays the second test I mean those include George Bailey the current chief selector (laughs) And uh, so many others who are kind of part of the, uh, you know, the coaching staff or or, in more more senior positions right now. It it is quite quite a remarkable journey, and it was so good to and, and, and like. Like the expectation was, I mean, everybody knew he was. Uh, the expectation was he would be a once-in-a-generation bowler. Uh, sorry, Mitch Johnson, but like you know, mm. uh, <laughs> it was a term which has been used for others as well. Uh, but yeah, and he proved proved it proved to be that right. Like he yeah. proved to be much like Mitchell Johnson did as well. Pat Covins has proved and continues to prove that he is once-in-a-generation bowler.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think cricket generations are like fruit fly generations. They they turn over a lot more lot more quickly. So you oh, can say
0: once-in-generation.
1: a it, It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> every few years it's fine
0: oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. i mean and eras as well like what is an era in, yeah uh, in, in in cricket Like, especially in the wake of the amount of cricket that's happening yes like, or oh, dan i mean yeah, wherever you look there's a some five t20 leagues <laughs> like it, it, it almost like i'm actually worried for cricketers i mean imagine if you are a cricketer in the world right now who's not playing competitive or he's not playing something
1: yeah I mean, you'd question yourself wouldn't you
0: yeah i mean if you're not playing domestic cricket in your respective countries or you're not part of any of these leagues far far away you're like mm. i even got an email uh, a few couple of months back from cricket kenya i don't even know how they have my email ID <laughs> saying they sorry, want... i think that sorry i
1: gave it out to them
0: uh, i knew it was you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they they were about to launch their own t10 tournament right uh, which kind of yeah
1: uh, are they calling it like tenure oh, oh that's a nice one
0: <laughs> yeah they should be actually yeah i would call it tenure yeah, yeah. the tenure at least it sounds different yeah. yeah i would want to play go and play in the tenure i look i didn't read the email maybe it was an invitation for me to come and play with my awkward action <laughs> all right
1: uh do we have any unnominated moments from this test that that you want to raise before we get into the votes
0: um i would say uh, i mean there was the chris chris gaffney uh <laughs> gaffer uh like you know where uh he did what a lot of umpires different levels have done before where you kind of you see especially if the bowler is on top and yep. uh it was Josh Hazelwood bowling. I don't remember who the batter was. But um, when you, uh, or when there have been a few appeals, right, back to back. Yeah. And you see a ball going very close to the edge of the bat or even the ball smashing into a bat. You just instinctively, you're so kind of, uh, e- e- so, I mean, it also sounds of great focus, honestly. It does not mean the lack of concentration. If it in, in anything, it means hyper-focus, where you're so into into the moment where you, are, you just imagine an appeal has happened, and in that split-section, and you think it's out, and your finger goes up, and then you're like, wait, 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 wait. But you can't control your <laughs> finger once it's left. Which is why I think uh, one thing I've learned from watching Paul Rifle umpire is it's such a good idea to have your ball counter kind of just uh, uh, clicked in, like on the side of your belt. Yeah. Most umpires, including when I do up my umpiring, I hold my ball counter in my hand. Uh, so, so once the once the ha- the the in, like the hand moves away from your body, it can mean only one thing. <laughs> yeah. But with Paul Rifle, at least he can just change direction and just click his ball counter even if you know (laughs) because it's very difficult trust me if you're umpire at any level you know what i'm talking about once your hand leaves right it's very difficult to stop it like from doing from going right up there and like signaling 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 out yeah in in that moment and that's what happens chris gaffney has his finger up and then uh, very quickly realizes what's happening and he just digs his finger into his hat it has it happened very very famously (laughs) in in the first time i saw it was in uh, india sri lanka one day or in I would like to say Indore or Gwalior in 1997 when an Indian umpire, uh, I think it was umpire, Porel, he did the same where... Ajay Jadeja was the batter, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. He gave, he actually gave him out and then, like, last minute, dug his finger. At least Gaffney <laughs> didn't do that. And uh, honestly, uh, in a game, if nobody was watching, if it wasn't televised, unfortunately, for yeah. the test match, you would have gotten away with it. Yeah. So it's yeah. different when someone's appeal, you give it them out and then dig your hand. <laughs> this is just a very instinctive move from him. So that, yeah. I thought, deserved our mention.
1: Yeah, and obviously, we can't give that to any team. I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, that it wasn't Gaffney's hand. I think it was Peter Hanscom's hand that, that came oh, out. Oh, yes. That, that, that would, that would explain bad. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the split screen. Like, we need a DRS on that. Yeah. Whose hand was it? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hanscom Gate. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, And Hanscom's back, so yeah. who knows what his hand will get up to during yeah. this season. Yeah, we'll have
1: to keep an eye on Peter Hanscom's hands. <laughs> All right. I, I guess the only other unnominated moment I've got here was, is uh, the, those spot-fixing claims that came oh, out on Al Jazeera yeah, yeah. A, a few years later, which where it was claimed... Yeah, that, did they actually name anybody, or they just kind of alluded to this test as being?
0: So, I mean, uh, they uh, allude to a period of play yes. where uh, uh, things, I don't know whether they mention Australia, or, but they do mention slow scoring. Yes. And, and they have these grimy images of the batters, and it's very obvious yes. who they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then Glenn Maxwell had to come and clarify, not clarify, at least talk about it, right? Like yeah. he was yeah. asked about it, and he completely obviously dismissed um, any of those theories or conspiracy theories or whatever allegations they had and they weren't even allegations it was a bizarre documentary
1: it was very strange yeah, R- yeah. One, one, one might even say ridiculous
0: it, uh, it was ridiculous yeah, yeah. because uh, you also realize at some point that uh, uh it was also made for a non-cricketing audience like the yeah. terms and the way it was presented like you could see that maybe some whoever was in charge of it wasn't a cricket fan or something someone who knew cricket well or it was just strange overall. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes into the ridiculous for sure. Yes.
1: All right. So who who are we going to give our three, two, and one points for out of out of all these nominations? Ooh.
0: Ooh so I,
1: can, can, can I just say, just from a pure slapstick standpoint, the the, the nomination of Saha tackling Smith, I I, <laughs> I find that very funny. That's uh, yeah. very 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 ridiculous indeed. So I, I think I'd I'd be strongly putting that one as the three pointer, and, and and kind of my second nomination. No. Would probably be uh, I, I'd argue strongly for for Virat Kohli's shoulder injury again, not for the actual injury itself, but just for all the nonsense that seemed to revolve around it. It was kind of this uh, epicenter of ridiculousness. So I I, I I know I should be arguing for the Australian moments, but I I, I think they are I, I mean Pat Cummins bowling well and Steve Smith batting well. Yeah. It, even if they did really well, it's
0: not that ridiculous.
1: So yeah. I, I, I I think the Indians have the the stronger ridiculous moments. For this particular test
0: uh, absolutely. I I have to stick with you there, uh, not because they're my nominations, but uh, you can't go past Steve Smith and Saha. It like we yeah. thought Ishan Sharma uh, as uh, uh, whatever the meme worthy mimicry from the last test was something, but this was just and like I said, just that position where they ended up in, and uh, so that has to get three points, and then the hands-come controversy, which I think was yeah. the, and, and you know it, we should also in in passing mention how well he batted in that yes. uh, second innings to save the. Match, which... Yeah, that's fine. That's just cricket. Well done. That's he... just cricket, exactly. Yeah. But you know, so he—I mean—that has to win uh, the the second uh, uh, whatever. to two points. Yeah. And, and for me, I would even though the pitch doctor kind of It just meant the main—the fact that we had an actual pitch doctor. <laughs> that is very funny.
1: <laughs> that is very funny. But but I'm gonna, I am kind I can't not argue for Glenn Maxwell uh be, be, being ridiculous. I was going to do the same. So uh...
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Maxwell ball. Gets gets the one gets point the one point,
1: here. which won't be enough to, to save the test for Australia. Uh, it will it will be an India vi- victory in this uh, third ridiculous Border Gavaskar Test. So yeah, uh, congratulations to India who take oh. a one nil lead in this series oh. with one test remaining. Uh, so we'll be off to the fourth test next week, and we'll we'll see uh, whether India can hang on to become the inaugural winners of, of this uh, ridiculous podcast, or whether Australia can fight back and level the series.
0: I know. I'm I mean, it takes us to picturesque Dharamsala where uh, there will be meetings with the Dalai Lama and <laughs> among other things. So, yes. no, I mean, this has been a very closely fought series and a yep. very closely fought Test match. But uh, uh, having said that in in a ridiculous sense, India have dominated this third Test match. I mm, think. They have, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're, they've
1: outclassed Australia. So uh, thank you all for listening to this third Test. Uh, check out Barat's writing uh, primarily on CrickBuzz, right?
0: Yeah, on Crickbus. I in mean, the air. my primary employers. Exactly.
1: but yeah. Yeah. And you can also check out my website. That's uh, LiebCricket.com. You can follow both of us on Twitter, uh, at BeastieBoy07, uh, at LiebCricket. And if you just want to follow the podcast because you don't like either of us, you just like the podcast, yeah, you can follow that on at RidicBG, R-I-D-I-C-B-G. And we will be back in a week with our coverage of the fourth test. Uh, so, make sure you don't miss out on that. You can subscribe to the podcast. And while you're doing that, uh, give us your honest five star ratings on the podcast store of your choice. And we will speak to you all next week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Plus.